I am now recording. All right. And let me pull up the... He hasn't built or put up his um, stuff he's been doing. Wonderful. Okay, that's fine. All right. Um, we will go in three, two, one. Everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to. Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Bop. We have quite a show for you today. Uh, we are, um, well, we are what some people might refer to as um, idiots, and uh, and 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 didn't plan ahead. So uh, we don't. We don't really have a topic of the show for you this this evening, uh, but we're we're gonna wing it and it's gonna be a good one. Uh, and we have, uh, you know, video games to talk about, obviously, and we got uh, to some other stuff to talk about, you know, obviously. Uh, bu- bunch of bunch bunch of good stuff gonna be coming into your ear holes. Uh, yeah. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am currently uh, joined by <laughs> one of my two co-hosts, Dylan Philanthropic Martin, and we will be joined shortly by Austin Misanthropic Stevens. Uh, I would say, how's it going, fellas, but there's only the one of you, so... Yeah, he's coming. Is he? Uh, that's a great question. It seems to be uh, continuously delayed, so that is yet to be seen. But if if, if you're wondering how I'm doing, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> when when you uh, when you work, wait. This is yes. your this is your uh, vacation week, isn't it? It is. It is. So I guess uh, it's actually whenever you go on vacation. Is when you uh, are get sick. Yeah, so yep. I guess stop going Every on vacation. Fucking time that I have gone on vacation, I have gotten sick that same time frame, and it has happened again, and I'm very upset. But I'm here, on time. Truly. Yeah. What is it? Uh, what do you what do you think it is this time? Oh, it's another sinus infection. Okay. Yep, one hundred percent. Already took a COVID test. It's negative. Uh, I feel like it's too soon for that to be a thing anyway, but uh, it, it's got the the feelings of another sinus infection, so... Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. <sighs> I am... Well... Currently falling asleep in my chair, but it's fine. Is it because of the meds? Uh-uh. No, I just... It just wears me out. I don't know. I stream for four hours, almost four and a half hours a day, and that took... Like, I had to pretend like everything was fine. <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> no, that's uh, to be totally and completely fair and honest with you. That's what's uh, that's what's going on with me right now too. I had to work yep. pretty much all day, and I'm now currently recording this podcast while being in um, what I would describe as unbearable pain. <laughs> I was going to say a broken state, but that also works. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> remind me if you can to uh, never break any of my teeth ever again. All right. So I'm fuck. I'm dude. I don't know how that just happens, but I'm sorry. Well, yeah. You you asked me about that earlier. I think while you were streaming, and so um, I think now I I could be wrong, but uh, I think I told you guys like an episode or two ago that I had bought like some Jordan almonds because I was like. Oh, yeah, I want some of those. I haven't had those in a while. Well, my recollection of Jordan almonds was not uh, what they actually are. I was kind of thinking of like those, um, uh, how would you describe them? Um, Like the Easter candies that are kind of like chocolates with like kind of like the candy coating shell, except the the candy shell is like very um, thin. And mm, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And as it turns out, Jordan almonds are almonds covered in a very thick candy shell, almost to the point of being ah. a fucking jawbreaker. Um, ah. Yeah. And I don't think it happened necessarily. Oh, I'm, I'm relatively positive that it didn't. Um, no, not even relatively positive. I am 100% positive that it didn't. It didn't happen while I was in the act of biting into one of them, but I I do think that it, it probably had something to do with that because uh, they are extremely hard. <laughs> I can't, dude. It's I'm getting all fucking. I hate just even imagining that, man. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It is Jesus, dude. It is awful. I have never like I've had toothaches before, and I've had earaches and stuff like that. Uh I have never had a broken bone. Um, that is wild. Yeah. But the uh, this is probably the most excruciating pain I've ever been in my entire fucking life, man. It fucking sucks. I'm sorry. But it could be worse. I could be, like, dying or something. Well, I mean, I guess I am dying. Yeah. But No, just let's not. I mean, we're all dying. No. Yeah. Uh, yes, but no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I try not to think about it. Yeah, me too. And then it just kind of seeps its way in anyway. Mm. Yeah. And then I'm immediately trying to think of anything other than that. Yeah. It's like, let's just not process those things right now. I've done enough. Right. It just seems like it's, I don't know. It it doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, yeah. So (laughs) fucking downer of an episode starter. Yep. Uh, we're sick, we're dying, we're broken, we're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, basically a normal episode then, right? Yep, that's actually it. Uh, wow, for this being improvised, it's par for the course. For real, though. Fucking wild. Uh, okay, well. Uh, and still no Stevens. Still no Stevens. Good, good, good for him. He's missing out on yeah, all the... You know what? 
He's like the rock star. He just shows up when he wants to. The party doesn't start until he gets here type of thing. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's almost like him. he's the host. It's weird. Right? <laughs> just does whatever he wants to. Um, speaking of doing whatever they want to, to be honest, I didn't really do much this week. I caught up on The Last of Us, and that was about it. Okay. So, well, that's that's one of the things that uh, I, I want to talk about. Um, so... Uh, have you seen all the way up through season or episode three? Yep. 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 Cool. Cool. So, um, yeah. Uh, boy. Goddamn. What, what an episode of television. Um, I am, I am very impressed with this show. I'm not going to lie. Um, I know I came on here and was talking some mad shit. What was it last week or the week before? Yeah, last week. Um, talking about how like, oh, it's just ripping off the video games, which is ripping off movies. Um, <laughs> and then it just completely did exactly what you wanted yeah. it to the next episode. Yeah, L- literally. Like, and uh, I mean, there were other things in there. Like, I think that very first episode, they kind of like hinted at like the the whole like. Uh, bread thing being the the cause of it or the flower right. being the cause of it and like there were little bitty things in there that were like oh okay yeah they are doing some some different stuff but like episode one and episode two were relatively par for the course they they followed the game relatively like you know beat for beat and then episode three comes along and it's just like uh this is going to be nothing like the game the only thing that's going to be that's going to be the same is there is going to be a character named Bill and his uh, partner Frank. And um, I was trying to tell Kayla this because so she's never played the game, and uh, so when we when we were watching it, um, I forget what it was, but there was something that like um, that came up, and I was like. Uh, how to, I was like, oh yeah, I don't know about this type thing, and it was because I didn't want to. Um... No, okay, never mind. I remembered what it was now. It just it just sprang into my mind. So she was like, I bet uh, all the all the gamer people were um, really upset watching this because it's a gay couple and like it's probably changed everything or whatever. And I was explaining to her, I was like, oh well, it doesn't come out and say that they are. It, you know, it doesn't explicitly say, oh, these people are gay, but it's very, very heavily implied that uh, Bill's partner is more than just, like, his buddy. Um, and uh, and I was trying to keep it under wraps that, that uh, Frank dies. And then the entire episode just completely deviates at a certain point. And I was like, oh, so we're just not gonna get like the same thing from the game which yeah i was very surprising to me and like ultimately i i wasn't upset by it because it was one of those things where it was it was deviating but it was also like doing something that i think the game probably never could have um like i i don't know how you would necessarily show like a 
gay relationship in a video game. Like, put put yourself in the gamer's shoes. Other than if it was, like, a, a romance simulator. And, like, obviously The Last of Us is not that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it was just... I don't know, it was a very, very touching episode. And was using the, like the language of television and film as, as a way that like, or in a way that like I was very excited about. Yeah. It, um, I'm not going to lie. So this episode, I was really looking forward to it because in my head, I knew it was the bill episode. And this is one of my favorite parts in the game because it obviously leads you through this town. That's just booby trapped all hell because of bill. So I was excited to kind of see that, but then even more than that, it leads up to this huge firefight um, at a school. And at the end of that is when we see, I believe, our first bloater. Yep. So that's in my in my head because the rest of the show has, like we've said, it's been par for the course. Like the episodes have followed pace and they've followed essentially, you know, shot for shot almost what has happened in the game. So going into this, like throughout the whole thing, I was in denial. I was like, okay, it's going to tell their story. Then it's going to cut to, you know, modern day. And we're going to see them go to the school. Never happened. Yeah. (laughs) Like it just never happened. But what we got instead was an episode that still covered the same amount of pace. Like we are, again, I'm, I'll say it one last time. We're par for the course. Like we're exactly where we should be in terms of the game. But instead what we got was something brand new. And by brand new, I mean something that has shaken the entire, I will feel like I can say world because of how good of a television episode it Mm -hmm. is. Like my mom has recently started watching the show. She's never played the game, doesn't know shit about it. She's messaging me saying like episode three is wow. Like it's amazing. And I, we talked about it for a long while. It's so good. They convey uh, just a traditional gay relationship. Like, it's not... You don't look at Bill and Frank and you don't see, you know, the traditional labels that a gay couple would have, but this is a true, raw relationship. And you can see how much it's truly eaten away at Bill to not be able to have this kind of connection. But to see, it's like what he truly longs for when he's meeting and getting to know Frank and then for Frank being able to reciprocate that and understand what Bill needs and wants and stuff like that. It is so, so, so good. And it fleshes out a story of love in the span of an hour, I guess. I don't really know how long the episode was, but it's, it's from start to finish one of the most beautiful examples of love that I have ever seen. And it shows the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations that they go through as this couple and it's fucking mesmerizingly beautiful and they do such a good job at making you feel and by the end of it i didn't care that i didn't get to see that giant firefight with the bloater like i'm sure that's coming i'm sure that was a huge amount of budget in itself but getting to see what we got was absolutely incredible and i was so proud of what they did because they took something they made it their own they delivered one of the most fantastic bits of uh media i've consumed in my life and it was just fucking great dude and like i said we are right where we should be in terms of joel and ellie's story 
Uh, that whole episode, we really didn't get a lot of them at all. But now we're right back in their shoes, headed towards Tommy in the truck. So now we know what comes from there. So, yeah. I, dude, I'm excited to see what they do with the rest of this show, man. Oh, yeah. 100% agree. And I, I, I really think that, like, one of my favorite bits about that episode is that it focused on a character that isn't Joel or Ellie. Like, not not yep. that I think that they're bad characters. Obviously, like, we love them, you know. But, like... But it's showing us someone who we didn't get a lot of in exactly. the game. It's doing, like, exactly what you wanted, and it was to expand, to give us something new. And it did such a good job, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see if they do more of that. Um, it already got uh, renewed for season two, and they're going to be following the events of the second game, from what I understand. And um, I am both excited and not yeah. excited uh, at the same time because I... I don't want to go through that fucking discourse again. I really fucking don't. It was. I am curious to see how they handle it when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I, I, what I hope happens is, I really hope that they build up more of what's supposed to be coming in season two in this first season, so that then we're not kind of blindsided. Like I would yeah. like to in this season get a look at Abby's character if if possible because I would really like to have that not sprung on people um before it actually comes along that's a good point and they do have opportunity to do that too yeah like when you think about it when it gets to the points where we start to meet those doctors there is a very good point in the in the story that they could tell where it introduces her to us um so yeah that's a good point i do hope they do that i kind of hope they expand on like how we got to see more of bill i would love to see more of marlene i would love to see more of tommy i would like to see what they're doing behind the scenes um because there's a lot going on like what we saw with bill like it it even incorporated tess and joel's story into bill's story and we got to see some subplot in there too so with how they're doing that, I hope we do get to see more of these characters and maybe we do get to see Abby in season one. So like you said, it can kind of bridge the gap and give people an understanding of what's about to happen and where we're going, I yeah. guess. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Austin, you're finally with us. Have you watched uh, any of The Last of Us yet? Just don't even, just just let it happen for as long as it takes. Oh boy! So uh, did yeah, he did he join us? He joined us. Oh, okay, okay. He's just he's away. Okay. Good good job, Austin. Thanks for joining us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. Well, um, the other thing that I did uh, is. Um, I have started reading My Dress Up Darling. Um, I am through the first three volumes. Um, and I wanted to bring this up because in the past, I think roughly six months, in the past roughly six months, I have read the entirety of Hunter Hunter. 
Um, I have read the entirety of Chainsaw Man. I have read uh, a really decent bit of Dr. Stone. Uh, I never finished it, and I need, I need to go back to it. Um, I've read almost all of Berserk. Uh, there are about, if I'm not mistaken, five volumes uh, that I have not gotten to yet. Um, and, uh, now I have read the first three volumes of My Dress Up Darling and also the first two volumes of Dandadan. Um, all of this is to say that I have been on an absolute tear, uh, with regards to reading manga. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um... I am turning into Austin, basically. I'd rather you not. <laughs> <laughs> we have enough. Oh, boy. That's... I can deal with one. I can only deal with one. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, uh, uh, yeah, so my dress-up darling... So this, I think Austin had already talked about previously, and it is um, about a high schooler uh, named, ah, shit. I I just remember him being referred to as Gojo-kun. What is his first name? Uh, Uh, Denji. No, Satoru Gojo is from Jujutsu Kaisen. You were wrong, internet. Did you do anything? Me? Yeah. Uh, I started One Piece. That's probably like the most significant oh, thing. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, we're talking about it. my dress up, darling. So you know let him that finish. horny stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> god damn. All right. Anyway. Is it not? You're gonna tell me it's not. All right. Not? So here's the thing. Uh, I'm trying right. to. Re- I'm trying to find uh, his name. Uh, my dress up, darling. Okay, there it is. Alright, what is his name? I, I know her name is Marin. What the fuck is his name? Wak- Wakana. Wakana. Or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know how to say it, but that. I just... She always refers to him as Gojo-kun. And so, anyway. Uh, anyway, so uh, the, the basic story is he is this guy who really likes making these Hina dolls. Um, to the point that that's kind of like his dream. Uh, and he lives with his, his, uh, grandfather who is kind of like a master craftsman of Hina dolls. And so he's wanting to do that. And there's this girl who is in his, uh, high school class and her name is Marin, uh, or Marin Kitagawa. And, uh, one day... After he is, I, I forget what happens. I think it's his uh, sewing machine breaks or something like that. He, and he goes to the home ec room in his school and is working on something. And Marin catches him there and is like, oh, what are you doing? And then uh, he's like, oh, nothing, nothing. And he thinks that she's going to kind of like be really mean to him because he's making stuff for Hina dolls. And that's not really like a dude thing to do. And she's like, oh, that's really fucking awesome. Hey, you can sew? Uh, Can you help me with my cosplay? And 
then a friendship starts to form between the two of them and and so on. Um, I have not watched the anime, so I cannot speak to it. I, I can only speak to the manga. And um, Austin, with his bullshit, comes in here and says, uh, it's super horny. And it the is. truth of the matter is it is super horny. But, but <laughs> I need to put it out there that even though it is kind of super fucking horny, um... It is incredibly, incredibly wholesome, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I've, like I said, I've only read the first three volumes, so I'm up through chapter 23. Um, but the the sort of, like, friendship and, and burgeoning romance that f- comes between uh, Wakana and Marin is very very well written i feel like like it mm-hmm. they they feel like two very complete characters that are like nice foils to one another where marion is very outgoing and um kind of like uh, i don't want to say popular but i mean like that that's what she is like she's outgoing she's popular she's kind of like this really attractive looking girl and then you've got wakana who is very uh, repressed and very um, like withdrawn, very not social, uh, and is frankly very kind of bland looking. I like that's one of the things that I've really liked about the manga up to this point is he's not some incredibly good looking guy based on his design. He's kind of slouchy, like he's always wearing these like thick um, like robes almost like they, they're kind of like drooping off of him. And Marin is always very like, it's very obvious that like, she's, um, uh, I don't know. I guess comfortable in her own skin, so to speak. Um, and, and obviously that, that comes with a little bit of the whole, like all this manga is very horny. But I think it actually kind of like lends to the two being very different. But they're also similar in that they have these hobbies that they kind of like don't want others to find out about because they might get made fun of type thing. So they're both mm-hmm. insecure in their own ways. And then, you know, uh, the relationship between the, the two of them feels very natural. Like, he, obviously... He's, I hate to keep using this word, but he's very horny. He sees this, like, hot girl, and he's like, oh, she wants to talk to me, and oh my god, I'm seeing her fucking, her in a swimsuit, and, like, all of this stuff, and it's very, like, oh, okay, high school fucking boner shit. Um, Mm -hmm. But on the opposite end of that, she kind of starts realizing that like she is falling for him because of just what kind of a person he is. And I feel like the more that they get to know each other, the stronger the bonds are beginning to form. And it's like I said, I think it's incredibly well-written. Um, it's very, very cute. Uh, I really like the artwork. I, I think that the artwork is surprisingly very good. Um, I was, very um, taken aback in, I think, volume three when I saw titties with nipples um, because I didn't think it was going to go that far. And then they were there and I was like, oh, 
oh god, I see titty nipples on this anime girl. I don't like this very much. So, um, that was, that was a thing that happened. But, um, yeah, I, it's... It's very cute. I'm I'm really enjoying my time with it. It's very wholesome. It's it's something that I I feel like I've needed uh, because of Berserk and Berserk's complete dourness. <laughs> something to wipe the slate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and it's and it's doing the it's doing the the correct bits. So um, it is super super wholesome, and it like <clears throat> it. It tackles some like relatively deep things, like when it comes to gender norms, and then oh, yeah. later on down the line, there's a, a good handful. Uh, one specifically, there's a, a big like body positivity message uh, regarding one girl and her uncomfortableness at the uh, quite large size of her chest, and uh, it does have its super wholesome moments. But I, I don't know, man, the way they animated those feet was weird. The feet. that was weirdly horny. Yeah, the way they like I don't it, it that was the most highly detailed aspect of that one episode. I think it's the second episode. Just everybody made a big deal about the way they animated her feet specifically. Really? When he had to like size her foot when she was like sitting on the bed like hanging her feet off and he had to like take a tape measure and size it. Oh. Yeah, it was a weird scene. That was an uncomfortable scene. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So I But very wholesome. I I uh, I don't know if I'm going to watch the anime because I feel like anime is somehow even hornier than manga. It is, yeah. It just and it's weird because it's like manga they can just openly show titties and the anime they can't. Yeah. So you would think it would be the other way around, but no, the anime is kind of taking the lead on the horniness. Yeah. Well. So yeah, my dress up, darling. Good stuff. Um. <laughs> Austin, did you say that you had done anything? Uh, I read. I started reading One Piece. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's the only thing significant. Okay. That's cool. I'm on like the. I guess the first real arc where they're fighting uh, Buggy the Clown. He ate. He's like this big old fat pirate that uh, ate uh, one of the devil fruits that allows him to like sever himself into tiny pieces and then like cut people. It's fucking weird, but. I don't know. This was already a weird guy, so I'm kind of excited to see where the next hundred uh, or thousand chapters of this shit goes. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, one thing I, I kind of brought up when I was talking about the My Dress Up Darling is like how much manga I've read. Um, and um, I, I told Dylan that I've been reading Dandadan. Um, mm-hmm. I really think that you should check it out. It's on Jump Plus. Or I guess the the app is called Manga Plus in America, but it's like the the Jump Plus platform. Um, and I didn't know this, but it's from one of the assistants uh, who worked with uh, Tatsuki Fujimoto. Um, and I, I don't know if he worked on Chainsaw Man, but I know he worked on Fire Punch. So yeah, I remember I've seen a lot of stuff about uh, Dan to Dan. I just haven't started it yet. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna have to check. That I've out. really, I, they just released. Um, it looks volume cool. two, I think, and volume three is coming. Uh, May, April or May. 
Hell yeah. Um, it looks really cool. I, I really like it so so far. Uh, it's very funny, and it's it's got a, a similar vibe to Chainsaw Man. Um, so yeah. if you're if you're looking for a, a new series to read, Hell I would yeah. recommend it. I am, actually. Well, I mean, I guess not right now, because I just started One Piece. I'm... Naruto, Naruto was 700 chapters. That took me about two weeks. Bleach was like 685, and I think that took me a little less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. And One Piece is like right at 1100. So I'm very curious to see how quickly I can do this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, cool. Let's, uh, I guess, get into our topic. Uh, as I said at the top of the show we're idiots and don't really have a topic. So, uh, <laughs> I thought that it would maybe if we wanted to kind of do a, a mishmash where we kind of talk about news and stuff like that, if we wanted to, we could. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do, <clears throat> does anyone have anything pr- pressing that they wanted to bring to the table first? I found something interesting I brought up to Dylan yesterday. Uh, was it yesterday that we played Dylan, or was it the day before? It might have been uh, the day before. Definitely the day before. I don't know my days anymore. Um, I saw a headline saying that uh, Nintendo, Sony, and uh, Microsoft will not be attending E3 this year. So, like, w- w- what else is going to be there? Um, yeah, I-, I think that that's an interesting thing i know that like so i mean obviously smaller devs are gonna be there but like that's like the meat of it yeah i don't know that's weird it's you think we can finally say e3 is just dead at this point i think we could have said that three years ago yeah even before it was like officially dead because of covid and all that stuff i think that like it it was already on its way out right I i think that's probably pretty um yeah, because every single one of the big devs do their own kind of like, I guess their own showcase. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. by themselves. And like Microsoft was still doing E three stuff up until it, it, it finally was like, okay, we're biting the dust because of cause of the Rona. Um, but um, they, uh, what, what am I trying to say? They were still part of it, but they were doing their stuff. If I remember correctly, the last time that it happened, they were doing their stuff, uh, like as part of E3, but it wasn't like actually in the the LA Convention Center. Right. Um, and then Nintendo's been doing the directs for God, how long now? Like, so, um, yeah kind of sad to think about because i used to live for that oh dude yeah in the summers look forward to that shit every year yeah yeah but now it's like i okay i'll watch it later yeah so or i'll, I'll find a recap from ign in sometime the, the next day yeah and my thing is like i'm not even like it sucks i think maybe not necessarily that e3 is going away but i i think i just don't have that excitement for it anymore because it's literally like i can just catch a recap or, you know, Xbox is going to do its... Microsoft's going to do its own thing. It's only going to be a 20-minute showcase. I can watch that. You know, I don't have to spend three hours watching an E3 presentation just to see everything. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I used to live for it, though, man. 
That sucks, man. That's sad. It does. That's so sad. Do you guys see that Jedi Survivor got pushed back? I did see that. Yeah, that's really great that it didn't win our uh, uh, tournament. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that, uh... del- del- it's a uh, month, right? Delayed until April? Yeah, it's like April 28th or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, which is... I mean... Like, I... I don't know. Uh, like, I feel like that's a good thing because it gives us some breathing room on some of the bigger games. Like, it does. January's been surprisingly full of shit. Like, you've got Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but Hi-Fi, uh, Hi-Fi Rush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi-Fi Rush. Um, and then... Um, Forspoken, Dead Space. Yeah, like, it, it's been... a pretty fucking stacked month and then february's not too far behind it like uh let me pull up GameSpot real quick um they've got a 2023 like kind of release schedule oh because the fucking one piece odyssey we forgot about oh yeah january had one piece odyssey and then february has literally the one that won our competition was one to dead comes out on the same day as hogwarts legacy so there's two right there uh and then Wild Hearts is coming out, Like a Dragon Ishin, Atomic Heart. Uh, Blanc. Yeah, Blanc. Like, February's fucking loaded, too, with with games. Like, Destiny 2. Octopath Traveler Octopath 2. Traveler. Like, it, it, I think the only thing I will say about this is, so it got pushed back to, you said April? Yeah, it's April 28th. Okay. It's not the very Oh, end. yeah. comes out the same day as Dead Island. Yeah. But the only thing Damn. is it's two weeks in front of Zelda, and that's... Yep. Like, I think you got it's probably... I think you got it right in the exact right time. I don't see any way that you can push it back further if you need any more time. Like, I really, I've... you cannot... I feel like this is going to be the Forbidden West of this year. It's going to get fucking Elden Ringed up as soon as uh, Legend of Zelda comes out. Yeah, everyone's going to yeah. fucking forget about Survivor. I mean, I, I, yeah, you're not wrong. Unless Zelda ends up being bad. No, no it won't be. It's going to be even great. even if it is bad. I think that like the the zeitgeist around it will like take up such. Yeah. oxygen out of the room that like nothing like i feel bad for redfall even though it's going to be on game pass like yep. no one's going to play fucking redfall they're too excited about zelda except us well yeah i mean i'm definitely gonna play it. that game looks fucking awesome yeah it does but it, w- with with that leaving the march window that still leaves resident evil 4 and it leaves uh 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 well, also, The Last of Us comes to PC. I know that's like, it's whatever for a lot of people, but that's pretty big for people who have wanted to play it on PC for a while. Yeah, and I, given mm-hmm. that the show is doing as well as it is, I think that like, if you don't, you know, play uh, PlayStation games or whatever because you only own a PC or whatever, and you've been watching the show, I think that this it's, I think it has the potential to be pretty big. Yeah. So. But also, what the fuck um, do I know? Yeah. <laughs> but pushing it back into April gives it not a. I mean, for me and Austin, that's Mega Man Battle Network like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coming out in April. 
I will not touch Star Wars this year, I think, I, which is crazy because I had intended to. But just seeing how much stuff it comes... That's Dead Island 2 and Mega Man in the same month. And yeah. then let's right before... Thank God Redfall will be on Game Pass so I can actually get to it without having to drop money because that's going to be an extensive, like, six weeks of gaming. I'm just release, 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 release. Yeah. I can... Fuck, dude. I can already tell you. Mega, between Mega Man and Legend of Zelda 2, that's going to take up a ridiculous amount of fucking time for me. There's not a lot of other shit from that month that I'm going to fucking get to. Yeah, I'm glad you're stocking up some games in the beginning of this year for the challenge because come about... Damn, I'm knocking them out. Three months from now, it's going to get real stagnant. Uh, two weeks for me, unfortunately, because it's going to get real stagnant after that. Um, yeah. I don't think... Well, I don't think I have anything in March that I'm looking forward to, except for GameStop is doing a... Um, a deluxe edition uh, physical for Cult of the Lamb, but I I mean, I'm not going to play it. I'm just buying it. So I don't think I have anything in March. Oh, you do. What's coming out in March? Mm, I don't Resident remember. Resident Evil 4 Remake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peppa mm. Pig World Adventures. Yeah. Oh, dude, hell yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, are you a Bayonetta uh, guy? No. I think the Origins game looks pretty sick. I like the hell out of the Bayonetta games, uh, specifically one and two. I haven't played three yet, um, and yeah, Origins looks pretty fucking cool. I'd be interested to play it, but also, I mean, that comes out what uh, a week before Resident Evil Four, and I'm already like, I'm <laughs> okay. Hang on, so games that are coming out that are or have already come out that I want to play. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage, um, let's see, Dead Space, Season, A Letter to the Future, where is it? I actually want to play The Pathless, which is coming to the Xbox. It's been out for a while on PlayStation, but I just never got around to it. Wanted Dead, Blanc, Wild Hearts, Atomic Heart, Like a Dragon, Heishin, all of these games I would want to come out uh, or would want to play. Octopath Traveler 2, like all of this stuff. And then that's just these first two months. Yep, that's not even getting to March. Thank God March is a little bit of a break month because yeah. nothing mm. comes out towards the very until the very end yep. of the month. So March is the catch up month. And then once April hits, it's fucking GG for the rest of the. For the rest of the year, probably. Yeah, because mm. you've got what? You've got the Network Collection and Dead Island 2. Yep, Dead Island. And then, yep. then Redfall. And then Redfall. And then I, I have to assume that we're all three going to be playing Zelda. I have yep. to yeah. assume that it's going to win our uh, tournament. And even if it didn't, I assume that we would all three be playing it, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is are either of you guys interested in the Suicide Squad, or is that just me? I'm not. I'm interested. I'm buying it mostly because of Kevin Conroy. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know that I'll be buying it day one, but it is one that I'm I'm definitely interested in in playing. Yeah, same. I don't think it's gonna be a day one pickup for me. I think it's gonna be like a wait for a sale kind of thing. Yeah. My issue is that leading up to that. Like we were just talking about, we have the Battle Network Legacy, which I can just like touch and go on. I can just come back to that. Yeah. Um, 
but then Minecraft Legends does come out, which I'm considering. Um, it's not like a guaranteed thing, but I am considering giving it my time. Dead Island 2 comes out. Redfall, like we talked about, Zelda. And then I have to have all of that played to like a state that I'm content because then comes June and then Final Fantasy comes out and I want to pour my time into that. Yep. And I mm. think that's the last big first half of the year release that we're going to see. Starfield is still TBD, but... Yeah, we're supposed we'll to be see. getting... Oh, well, I mean, that's, I think, probably a good segue uh, into maybe another topic to talk about. But they're supposed to be showing a... It's supposed to be a bigger um, showcase for Starfield, and I have to assume that we'd be, we'd be getting a date um, for it uh, during that showcase. But, like, they didn't show it at this newest... Uh, at, at this event. Um, where they dropped Hi-Fi Rush out of nowhere. Um, so, uh... I feel like we're going to get a 6-6-23 release date for Starfield. That's possible. I, I mean, they, they said it's they the like first... They like their dates like Yeah, that. they do. They do. And they said it was supposed to be... That's also the same day as Diablo 4. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, how do you guys feel about, or how did you guys feel about the uh, the Microsoft little showcase thing? I didn't watch it. I did not watch it at all. Oh, okay. Um, well, I guess in that case, it's up to me to kind of... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't even tell you something that was announced. Okay, uh, well, obviously Hi-Fi Rush was announced and dropped. Yeah, aside from that. Um, so that was that was a thing. And then they gave uh, another Redfall um, uh, sort of like showcase, I guess, would be the best word for it. Um, and then gave it its release date. Uh, I continue to think that Redfall looks awesome. Um I don't know. I it do. I've heard other people say that it's it doesn't look good, and I I don't know. I think those people are kind of crazy. I think it it looks rad. Um, but uh, yeah. So they they gave it a a, a release date. They showed the next um, what's the uh, the hell. What am I? What is the the RPG, the Bethesda RPG, but the MMO version? ESO, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, Necro. Yeah, they showed that. Uh, I don't. I can't remember if they gave it a date or not. But they they showed that off, and um, they uh, they were doing something where they gave you like a week or something like that of the. Uh, the expansions for free, like you got all the expansions uh, to kind of like get your yourself prepared for um, uh, Necron, and they did that. They showed off Minecraft Legends, gave it a date, and then they showed off some more of Forza Motorsport and said it's coming this year. Um, I came in during the Forza Motorsport part, so I didn't get to see anything about the Minecraft Legends, which is 
what they let off with. Um, but I don't know that that seems fine. I I am still baffled by how much they're doing with Minecraft that isn't Minecraft and how well that's doing. Because I would yeah. not have assumed that Minecraft would have lended itself well to these other genres. But you, I mean, you liked, uh, what was it, Minecraft Dungeons? Dungeons was great. That had such a fun formula to it, and I still go back to this day and just dabble in it from time to time. Like, it stays downloaded on my PC. Um, and then Legends, like you said, is right around the corner. And I... I don't know how it's going to go. Like, I... Like you said, I kind of didn't expect it to lend itself well to these different formulas that it's trying. And Legends isn't necessarily, you know, something that I would be inclined to play, but I'm excited for it, dude. Like, we are going... I will play anything Minecraft. I think I said that during the conference. At this point, if it comes out with a Minecraft name, whatever is attached to it, I'll probably wind up playing it at this point because they haven't let me down yet. So I'll just keep giving it a <laughs> shot, man. So this is like a... It's like a little strategy game coming out, so we'll see. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, well. Uh, yeah, is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about? I mean... I mean, I gotta ask, because uh, you're... You're up there. When I think of diehard advocates, I think of Josh... So let me ask you. Final Fantasy DLC for Power Wash Simulator. Uh, <laughs> how you feeling? I don't I don't know how to feel about it if I'm being honest. Like <laughs> I did not expect that when I read the headline. I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah. It's cool though. I mean, yeah, good for them. <laughs> what is it? I... It's literally you're going to be able to I guess wash clouds motorbike or something. Yeah, oh, something like okay. that. Um, you know, let me look into it and see what all their their. You get like his motorbike, and I think there is one of the bosses. It's a scorpion of some sort. You can do that. But essentially, I'm assuming you just get to power wash them. <laughs> Which, realistically, if they started doing that, it's endless. The things they could bring into this world. Because <laughs> uh, they did Metal Tomb Gear Raider too, right? I didn't even know they did Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah they did Tomb yeah. Raider. You can do. You can like power wash her mansion. Yep, yep that's a thing. <laughs> that is <laughs> amazing. The collabs are endless. They are. The possibilities are endless. Uh, let's see. Revealed that you will get be given a mission to polish familiar places and enemies such as seventh heaven which is the bar and the guard scorpion which i think is the first boss in the game um uh, and also Incredible. cloud's motorcycle yeah hell yeah so i don't know like i think that that's a fun crossover i power watch simulator i know i i it didn't make it into our top 10 but it made it into my top 10 I think that game was like fucking awesome. It was such a a, a nice sort of change of pace, and mm -hmm. I I think that it's cool that they're doing that. Um, but also, it's kind of a weird what the fuck type thing because it, that's 
very similar to Minecraft. That's something that should not work, I don't think. But but it does apparently. Yeah, but it does apparently. So <laughs> that's so wild. Yeah. So, um, Austin, you got anything? I don't. I don't think I have any crazy. I don't think I've seen any crazy news that we haven't already talked about. Yeah. In the last few days. Hmm. Do you see that Apex Legends is going down? On oh level? yeah, that I mean that's something that we could definitely talk about. I mean Justin's always extolling the virtues of uh, mobile gaming in the Discord and shit, and yeah. he's always wrong. And I don't know a lot about what's going on, but that's pretty substantial that they want it to sunset. And apparently Battlefield Mobile too, but I don't. I didn't even know that was a fucking thing up until Apex that's was going crazy. down. Hmm. Um. Avengers is being delisted. Yeah. That's actually. Yeah. That's another thing that, uh, I mean, that's another Square Enix thing that, like, goddamn, dude. They really shit the bed, what, last year or two years ago, just doing all the stuff that they did and that ended up not working out for them. Yeah. So. <sighs> that's crazy. It's, it's going out on its uh, three-year anniversary. So, CEO for EA, Andrew Wilson, said that uh, we've learned a great deal from Apex Legends Mobile and have plans to reimagine a connected Apex Mobile experience in the future. So, that being said, I wonder how they're going to just bring it back to make it, I don't know, more viable? Like, I haven't really... I don't see Apex doing as well on mobile as a game like Fortnite or Call of Duty. I just personally, like, I have no ambitions to play Apex on mobile at all. Like, mm. Fortnite, it's like, whatever. I don't take that game too seriously. Like, I just pop in, have a quick match, and I'm good. And then the Call of Duty game is pretty good for what it is. It's not, I don't even know if you can play Warzone on it. I have no idea. But just like the little, the 6v6 maps or whatever, those were a lot of fun. Um, for what it was, but I couldn't believe that it was going away. Like that seems like a money maker, but I, I guess it really is just not doing anything. It's not pulling its weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dang. I got nothing. The uh the PlayStation Plus collection is being removed. Yeah, I saw that too. In May, for whatever fucking reason. Yep. Because they're gonna just put all the games on their little premium. Oh, Shit. yeah, that's true. That's true. For anybody who for didn't it. manage to get a PS5 yet, you can just go on the uh, PlayStation website, sign in, and redeem all those games yep. before it goes away. Hell yeah. I like Since I haven't had a PS5 anymore, I've still been doing that every month. I've been logging on the computer to get my free games every month. Yeah. Yeah, I, I fucking... Even if I'm never going to play those games, I always go and do it. I don't do that with Xbox Live games because they're always shit, but... Because <laughs> yeah. they're yeah. never an option that anybody would ever be excited about. Never. <laughs> Literally, just shovelware that you probably didn't even know existed. Truly, trash. Step it up, Xbox. Yeah, goddamn. Well, they've got Game Pass, so they're like, "Well, we don't need to do this anymore." <laughs> That's true. You guys already get enough free shit. Truly, like Hi-Fi Rush. Like Hi-Fi Rush. That is true. Yeah, which we 
which we've all been playing, right? Wow. Look hey, at look at that transition. Beautiful. We could have probably saved that for last. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. You're the one that fucking said it. Uh, I know. What? It's you no know, hindsight. Hindsight is twenty twenty or whatever. Yep. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, if you if you want to fucking save it for last, we can go. And yeah, because I don't have anything, so I'd like to talk about something, but we can all do that last. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of stuff to talk about. I have a fair amount of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, as has been talked about, uh, probably ad nauseum through, uh, Discord channels and what have you. Um, I am planning on making a Final Fantasy video this year that is going to be very long and full of uh, uh, research and, and, and whatnot. And um, part of the process for that has been uh, me playing through uh, all the old games and um, kind of... Uh, gathering footage for certain bits and because of that i've been playing through final fantasy one uh there are other games that i've been playing through but i wanted to talk about this one because uh the other ones i i i think i said this uh to you dylan i don't think that i'm going to finish every final fantasy uh, i'm probably going to finish some of them um including i i would say probably ones that i have never beaten before because i would really like to I'd really like to beat 13. I'd really like to beat 12. I've never beaten 13, and I've just straight up never played 12 up until now. Um, I have watched videos, and I have experienced uh, 12 through other people playing. Like, I've been in rooms with other people playing 12 um, when I was a teenager and stuff, but I have never personally played it. Uh, so... Um, Anyway, getting back to, to my point. Uh, so I've been playing Final Fantasy 1, and um, I really respect what Square Enix was, well, I guess Squaresoft at the time, was doing back in the 80s with this stuff. Because other games were not doing quite what Square was doing with their RPGs. And part of what makes Final Fantasy 1 so memorable um, is what happened with it in the context of the game, other games of its era. Um, Final Fantasy is very open-ended and... Or, or, well, it's not very open-ended but it is if that makes sense like it, it kind of in a weird way mirrors zelda to me at least that first zelda where you're kind of dropped into a world and given very little direction as to what you're supposed to do um and you just kind of go around and then you play through and then the story kind of like sort of creeps around and you sort of get a grasp of what's going on and then you beat the final boss and then the game ends. Um, and because of that and because of the way that the battle system was integrated 
where you actually got to see both sides of the battle. Like, I know Dragon Quest, I'm relatively positive, came out before Final Fantasy, but Dragon Quest's battle system, or, well, not necessarily battle system, but, like, the way that it displayed the battles was you had a singular enemy that came on screen, and then you would get to choose the commands, and then you would see, like, a little slash or something like, like that. Uh that would signify that your party or your character or whatever was fighting the enemy and was doing damage to the enemy. And um, Final Fantasy put all of your characters on screen and actually animated those characters. Um, And that was a big thing, like, at the time. And it also was really, really huge with, uh, like I said, like the exploration thing where... It's kind of open-ended. You, they literally drop you into a game. Like, the the game starts with, like, a blue screen and some text that falls over it. Kind of, kind of talking about, like, a prophecy and, like, basically what the game could potentially be about. And then just kind of drops you in the world and says, okay, figure it out. Um, and you can pick up clues from NPCs and stuff like that. Uh, and... For the time, it was incredibly revolutionary. Playing it now, and I haven't played Final Fantasy once since I played it on the PSP, I think. I can't remember if it was PSP or PS1, but they released a, uh, it was called like Final Fantasy Origins. And that's when I remember playing it for the very first time. Um, But playing it now, it is a slog to get through, if I'm being utterly honest. Um, I don't mind pure turn-based combat. Uh, I mean, Pokemon uh, Violet was in my... I think it was made made it into my top ten last year. Uh, And I used to love the old-school Pokemon games. Um, But this one moves incredibly slowly. Like, incredibly slowly. Uh, You will run through your attacks and the animations just it feels like they are taking forever um with regards to progression like leveling up and everything you get so little experience from defeating enemies that it feels like you need to grind a thousand hours before you gain one level uh and that slows the game down even more and Overall, it just feels antiquated. And, I mean, obviously it is. It came out in 1987, and since then we've gotten, uh, you know, much better battle systems, much better presentation, you know, things of that nature. But, like, it it, it really shows its age, I think. Um, especially on the front where, like, the, the biggest thing that I will, I will go to my grave saying this, the thing that has always been Final Fantasy to me has been the story it tells about like groups of people coming together um, disparate groups of people coming together this one you start out with a team you pick the team and then you're already a team you go and you defeat the evil and stuff like that and like again I think in in 1987 that's probably revolutionary but given where the series goes, I 
I find Final Fantasy 1 to be rather... Uh, it's one of the worst in the... It's one of the worst entries in the entire series. Um, I get the revolution and stuff like that, but it is... Uh, well, it's it's a slog to get through. We'll put it that way. So tell me why Dirge of Cerberus is your most anticipated one. I to hate play this you so much. <laughs> uh, um, Austin... Pokemon, yeah. Pokemon Shield. What are what are you doing? Why are you playing this shit game? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Pokemon Sword and Shield were not that bad. Um, <clears throat> shut up, Dylan. It's better than X and Y, and that's all it needed to be. Uh, uh yeah, I've I don't know. I decided I wanted to play all the opposite versions on Switch that I had not uh, previously played. Uh, so when Sword and Shield originally came out, I played through Sword, and now I'm done playing through Shield. I just gotta finish wrapping up all the DLC. Um, mostly because there are still Pokemon in Pokemon Home that I don't have, uh, I haven't registered. I've registered everything from Gen 1 all the way to Gen 8, with the exception of the, uh, half of the new legends that were introduced in, um, the DLC for, uh, Sword and Shield. Like, I don't have one of the Urshifu forms, and then I don't have the one of the two Reggies, whichever one I didn't pick, and whichever horse I didn't pick in Sword. So, I'm trying to go through that so I can fill up my Pokemon home again. I want to have everything filled out before they connect it to Scarlet and Violet, so I can go ahead and fill that out, and it's all neat and organized. Okay. So, just playing through it again, because it's Pokemon. Yep. I'll probably do Pearl soon, and then after that I'll do Let's Go Eevee. Okay. Now, when are they, um, you said you were doing, like, stuff for Pokemon, uh, Home. When are they, yeah. uh, planning on, um, releasing that for Violet and Pearl, do you know? It'll be sometime this month, because they're already, they already, um, started doing maintenance on it today in preparation for connectivity with Scarlet and Violet. Because I tried to use Pokemon Home today and I couldn't. I got the notification saying that they were adding... Um, the current thing that's being worked on right now is adding ranked battle info uh, for Scarlet and Violet. So that typically means they are starting to uh, roll out all the connectivity features. They usually go one at a time with everything. I don't know why they don't just do everything all at fucking once, but... Who am I? I'm not a game dev. I wouldn't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's Elka that manages Pokemon Home, right? Is it? Yeah, Elka developed it. Hmm, interesting. So I think, yeah, I think so. That's the first thing that they did. That that's not the first thing that they did, but that's the first thing for Pokemon that they did. I think. I don't know. Who knows? Who cares, really? Okay. Well. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, alright, my, uh, next game before Hi-Fi Rush is, uh, Donut County. Um, I've been trying to knock out some smaller experiences for the, um, for the challenge. Um, so then I could kind of have a, have some headway because I know that, like, uh, Final Fantasy... Um, it's going to take up a ton of time. So I've been trying to knock out these smaller experiences. 
And I played Donut County because uh, I knew it was only like an hour or two long. Um, and uh, I really like this game. It's very cute. Very, very cute. Um, I also think that it's incredibly simple to play, uh, which like completely like helped my... Um, how do I want to put this? It kind of, it, it definitely helped my wanting to play it. Like, if it had been, like, a, a more complicated, like, one to two hours, I don't know that I would have given it as much time. But, like, it's very simple to pick up and play, even though it's a puzzle game. Um, and to, to get to that, there were some puzzles in here that really infuriated me. Because I was like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's not working. Uh, and it just turned out that my, like, um, uh, positioning wasn't quite right for what I was trying to do. Um, but once I finally, you know, figured things out, like, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, like, super, super cute. The gameplay is incredibly fun. And I really like the, the comedy, uh, behind it. Like, it's very, uh, absurd, I think would be the best way to describe the the stuff that happens in the game. Um, but the, the comedy there really, like, was super good, I felt like. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a fun, cute little game. Uh, it's only, like, two hours long. It is no longer on Game Pass. I think it, it uh, got knocked off today. But um, I think it's only, like, maybe, like, ten bucks, maybe. Uh, I think it's worth the ten bucks. It's very fun. It's almost. It feels uh, a lot like uh, Katamari uh, Damacy, uh, but with instead of collecting a whole bunch of things to roll into a ball, you collect things in a hole. <laughs> so, uh, but it's good. It's a good time. It's a pretty fun little quick time. Yep. Dylan, have you played it? And then. Uh, I have not actually, but I think Jeff did. Okay, he did. Yeah, it's uh, it's from the guy who created Neon White. So, no. Okay, that's crazy. And I'm shouldn't have said that. I have so much shit I have to play. I don't need to add anything to the list. It's okay. It takes you like forty-five minutes. I don't even care. That's forty-five minutes that I can devote <laughs> to another game. <laughs> that's true. And 45 minutes for me turns into like two plus hours because I got to look at everything. <laughs> well, there's not much to look at. That is true. Good, then I won't waste my time. Oh my God, go <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This fucking uh, guy. Fire Emblem Engage, you beat it, Austin. Yeah, I did. Uh, I finished it. And I'm not going to lie, the story really kind of got me in that second half. Uh, it kind of started to surprise me a little bit. Um, I thought the story leading up to probably about the midway point was fine, but I didn't think it was anything really to write home about. Um, but by the end, I ended up really fucking loving it. Uh, the basic premise is the main character, Alir, uh, whichever gender you choose, is the um, this world's divine dragon. And they are on a quest to uh, go all across the land, make as many allies as they can, and gather all 12 of the Emblem Rings, which house spirits from previous Fire Emblem protagonists, uh, to beat uh, this giant monster called the Fell Dragon. Um, and it, it, like, 
it's kind of just this, the first half is just like this really cheesy and corny, like, good versus evil, like, trope, but then it starts, but then the characters kind of start to shine a little bit. Um, throughout the beginning of the first half, you have a couple of run-ins with this little girl named Vile, and she, like, she can't really remember anything, she doesn't ever know why she is where she is, or what she's supposed to be doing, she's just like, oh, like, I've seen you a couple of times, like, I hope you're doing well, I'll see you again, maybe, and then just disappears, and you run into her again a couple of chapters later, and then about halfway through the game, you learn that she is the fell dragon's child. Uh, not only is she the fell dragon's child, but she is also the person that killed your mother. Not only did she kill your mother, but she is also your younger sister. Um, it's just like this whole big sequence of events, but essentially this young girl, Vile, she, she had a split personality put into her. So part of her serves her father, and then when the uh, less violent side of her is in control, she doesn't really know what's going on. Um, she ends up coming to realize what her, not only her father, but the people she thought were her family were doing to her and the way they were using her and making her use her powers to do all the shit she didn't want to do. She ha- kind of has a mental breakdown over it. She's like, I, I don't like, I don't want to kill anybody. I wasn't, a- I didn't ask to do any of this. You guys are just abusing me and, and taking what I can do and, and doing whatever you want with it. And it, it, it was really sad, but by the end of the game, Alir and Vale kind of form this really strong sisterly bond, and it's it's really sweet to watch happen. Um, and, and it's even sad towards the end when you finally do kill the fell dragon, you kind of have to make that choice where it, at the end they have a nice talk with him, and they kind of try to talk him out of it, and they're like, you know, maybe we can find some way to still live like a family and he's like no like i've the damage that i've done is very real and he was like i would rather just die and fade off the way that i chose to be and then the game ends and i was like damn i just kind of feel like she really needed a hug after that but it was a great story it was a it was a nice little trip it wasn't as long as i expected it to be i think i finished it in like 22 hours it wasn't anything super crazy that seems incredibly quick yeah, it was very fast. I, it, I mean, it was divided into, I think, 26 chapters. But, I mean, each chapter was literally just a couple of, like, maybe one cutscene before the battle, and then the actual sequence, and then another cutscene, and then it's on to the next chapter. So the chapters themselves were relatively quick. Okay. There's a lot of side quest stuff uh, to do here that I didn't do a lot of. Um, like each emblem specifically uh, gets a side quest that not only is a location from their original game, uh, but is kind of layered to be like a story sequence from their original game, and you have to fight that character and uh, in order to like deepen your bond with that emblem. And those are really cool, but I think I only did I like I said, there's twelve of them. I think I maybe did like four or five of them. I only did the emblems that I really ended up kind of crutching on there at the end of the story. But really great fucking game. Really blew me away with how much I, I genuinely liked it. Hell yeah. That's fucking rad, dude. Um, do you think that you like this one or Three Houses better? Honestly... I think I like Engage a little bit better 
because mostly for mostly for it feels it doesn't feel as confusing as three houses did like three houses kind of threw me through a loop all the things that you could do and all the tiny things that ended up mattering in combat way later down the line and it was uh, fire three houses was just very confusing to me and i don't know if i'm just stupid or if it's just genuinely confusing um but engaged had a lot more engaged felt more streamlined and more simple and more easier to manage Yeah, uh, I definitely want to get to it at some point, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to buy the, like, it's such a, it's such a good game that I'm actively trying to buy the collector's edition if I can find it for a relatively good price. Hmm. I think the average price I'm finding it right now is like 140 and I just don't know that I want to pay that much. Yeah. But I do really fucking want it. Stuff and things, things and stuff. Yep. Um, cool. Well, uh, I'll get to it eventually at some point in the year. One day. All right. Uh, well, we we already alluded to it. Um, so let's talk about Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, Dylan, you've probably played the most of it. You at one point. Had not, uh, but now you have. Um, so do you wanna do you wanna start? Yeah, started it a few days ago. Um, I think I saw Justin or Jeff talking about it, so I had it downloaded, and then uh, started playing it a little more last night. One of you mentioned it. I forgot who it was. Might have been Austin actually said it was really good and I was like, I forgot I had that downloaded, let me go back to it. <laughs> and when I figured out that I had cloud save so I could play what I you know, my progress on Xbox would come over to PC, I was like, shit, well, we're gonna stream that today. And that was probably my longest stream in a hot minute. Four and a half hour stream of nothing but a high fi rush. And I gotta tell you, I made a pretty bold claim during the stream, but I'm gonna stick by it. I'll say it now. I feel like Hi-Fi Rush makes it into our top five game of the year. It um, has potential. It is such a goddamn good game. It is. It's really fun. I knew zero things about it. I knew nothing. Um, I just saw people claiming that it was super great. So I was like, whatever. Like, I trust these people's opinions. I'm going to get it downloaded. I did. started playing it. And incredible, incredible, incredible. Um, mechanically alone, I feel like I feel like we're gonna be hard pressed to find another game this year that comes anywhere close to doing what this game does, in terms of how much how much fun is there to be had with I feel like what the the, the innovative mechanics, like the whole game is based on nothing but rhythm, like there is consistently music playing throughout the game and like even. The mechanisms in the game themselves are moving moving to the rhythm. Your attacks are moving to the rhythm. Your companion robot is blinking to the rhythm. Like, everything in this game is nothing but uh, finding the groove, essentially. And I didn't... I thought it was going to be tedious to start, but it's really not tedious at all to get into that rhythm of 
finding, uh, I guess, the groove in combat, finding it in the platforming traversal throughout the levels. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. If you don't know what Hi-Fi Rush is, I recommend looking it up because it was a shadow drop. It came out of absolute nowhere, and it's taking the world by storm. What, Even though it's on Game Pass, isn't it hitting incredible numbers on Steam just from sales alone? Uh, yeah, it's getting it's getting decent enough sales um, for like a small indie title, but the uh, the Steam uh, like rating system or whatever you want to call it uh, is um, like off the charts right now for it. Yeah, it's 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 really good, man. So um, I'm trying to figure out how to briefly describe the story. You're essentially this kid who signs up, I guess, to get an upgrade from a bum arm and he goes in and he sneaks past a lot of people to get into surgery first and he gets in and as he goes to do so he gets his upgraded arm but his ipod essentially is what i'm going to call it (laughs) falls down on his chest and essentially his life becomes a rhythm like his heartbeat is the sound of music essentially and that's that's kind of where the game goes from and uh, i I don't want to spoil anything because I think it's a really fun, uh, I guess, storyline to follow. You're trying to take down a corporation. You're playing cyberpunk. That's what you're doing. Um, that's what it feels like, to be quite honest with you, even though it's more arcade and cartoony. It does feel like you're trying to take down one of the big corpos from cyberpunk, to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah. And the characters introduced along the way, man, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't feeling Chai, the main character, at first. It's taken to where I'm at now, about four hours in, to start to warm up to him. But immediately, I fell in love with Peppermint. Immediately, I fell in love with 808. Immediately, I fell in love with Macaron and Cinnamon. Like, all these characters that I'm meeting up until this point in the game are fucking phenomenal. Like, I love learning about everyone that I'm introduced to thus far. Um, it does not stop. And uh, I'm just babbling on about one thing or another, but it's just, there's so much to do and there's so much to talk about within the game. Um, and I, I wish I would have had more coherent bullet points for this, but it's, it's just really good. And it's one of the most visually stunning games I've played in a hot minute too. Um, yeah, the art style is really something interesting for sure. Cause it's almost like, we um, talk a lot about art style. But yeah. this like outshines everything. <laughs> yeah, well, I recently. mean, wh- what would you even consider this? It, uh, like, it's almost like a. Um... It's like cell shaded, <clears throat> but it looks like a live action comic. It looks like a Into the Spider Verse kind of. Like to me, like mm, almost what hack or not hack Cyber Sleuth does too, in terms of their art style. You know what I mean? Like it's just different, very unique to itself. Yeah, um, yeah, I 100% pops. agree with that. It it feels uh I mean the comic-y? Yeah, yeah, it feels comic-y, but at the same time like it, it feels it, I I don't even know what else to describe it as. Like it feels like like a Saturday morning cartoon, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And it comes alive, man. Um just some of the level designs that I've seen thus far, like this past hour, I guess I played, I remember my jaw dropping on stream because we walked into this security complex and it just looks up. And it's this giant 
like it's it's a it's a giant room that you're in like massive but it's all moving and it's alive and it's thriving and there's colors that pop all along the walls and the machines themselves and it's just crazy like i think this game does enough right thus far to warrant already putting it in the contention for being up there so far in our game of the year like what it does with music is so much fun and there's like a lot of different mechanics for the combat that you have to you have to learn and once you ascertain like everything that you need to it's not really overwhelming like you can do it on the fly and you remember certain bits and pieces while you might be in kind of this free flow combat and you're like oh let me do this real quick or let me try this and it just works and the enemy variety is so expansive that I do not get bored in any of these fights. Like, as soon as one comes up, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Like, I'm excited to do the next part. I'm excited to find the next boss. It's so goddamn good. I'll shut up. I'll let you guys talk about it. But I am very much, like, this is, I've not played many games this year. But right now, it's sitting at number one. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Yeah, Austin, what, what are your thoughts? Um... I don't think I've talked I don't have too many thoughts because I haven't played a whole whole lot of it. I think I've honestly only played like the first twenty or thirty minutes. Um but what I have played blew me away. It was just everything was just so fucking pretty to look at and like the way the environment danced along with you to the beat of the music. Like I'm looking around and I'm seeing these pipes um like bounce back and forth on beat with the drums and the trees swaying on beat like every, it was just so fucking cool um and hearing Dylan talk about it like that I'm I'm very excited to get back to it and finish it yeah well if you're unable to play anytime soon stop on by twitch.tv slash omdizzy and watch my play recap <laughs> <laughs> look at that look at that that was great oh my god nice shameless plug Shameless plug. Fuck it. That's a show. Uh, um, it is a show. Is it? Oh, shameless. What are your thoughts, boss man? Yeah. Uh, yes. No, I'm I'm right there with you guys. Uh, I am. I'm really having a, a a really fun time with it. I don't think I'm quite as enamored with it as you are, Dylan. Uh, but I am still really. Yeah, this is going to be my neon white. Yeah. And, and I, I really think that, like, part part of it is just I don't have any fucking rhythm. Like, e the thing is, is I, I, I do agree with Austin in terms of, like, making a rhythm game accessible to someone who is not good with rhythm. They've done a lot of, like, the right things. Like, mm -hmm, for sure. adding in the stuff that's in the background showing you where the beat's going or even having, like, um... Uh, what's the, the, the cat? 808. 808. Yeah, yeah. Having 808 kind of like uh, bouncing around with the, with the little green or blue. Like the flashing pulse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you can also bring up the actual bar itself. Uh, how do you do that? I, I've seen so that in like the... So if you press the back button uh -huh. on whatever controller you're using, it brings it up and it's just always on screen. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's very simple. 
I that, yeah, and it's like it's always and it's not so you can have subtle like right there with 808 or even what's going on around you in the map or you can have on-screen help right there all the time whenever you need it to seamlessly by just hitting the back button. See, I didn't I didn't fucking know that. I had seen it in the um uh, what's it called? The uh, oh, like the tutorials and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I guess I missed where I'm just like what button I was supposed to press to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it helps like to get started too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like one of the things that I I noticed, like I said, I'm not I'm not good with rhythm games. I'm just not. Um, and I I was telling you earlier, uh, I had forgotten that there was a parry thing. Um, I don't know how I forgot it to be honest with you because it was like basically from that point on through the rest of the level you had things that were like you have to parry this or you know whatever Um, what was I saying oh uh, yeah like but like there there have been moments where I get into like a flow state sort of thing where I am sitting there and I'm like okay yeah Bam, 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 bam. Hitting it right when it's supposed to be hit and everything. And um, it feels incredible when I when I hit that flow state. I don't do it very often because I am very, like, I lack rhythm. <laughs> but, but like you said, like, once it happens, like, you feel like an all-star yeah. for just a moment. Yeah. It, it, it's... And I, th- I it feels like Sekiro with how how much parrying comes into play like that's all Sekiro ever was but when you do it right in this game like you were saying it feels good and it's different like sometimes you get sucked into this unavoidable attack but the only way to make it through is to parry every attack that they throw at you and then you're met with an opportunity to turn around and attack them and it's cool mm-hmm. to do it because it'll set it'll show like little lightning bolts above their head but it tells you the rhythm that you're about to have to dodge to. So he's setting up for the attack or whomever, and it's like, done, 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 done. And once you like hear that, you're like, okay, I got to do that. And then when the attacks start, you 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 hit the button, you parry, you're like, done, done, done. And you do the same thing, and then you can attack. It feels so cool. Like they they allow you to learn parrying mechanics based off of sound if you needed to do it that way too. And it's... It feels like, I guess, like what you guys were saying. It's like if you were going to pick up a rhythm game, this one is super accessible for you to do so mm-hmm. because there's visual cues, auditory cues, and like you said, at the end of it, at, at the end of those parrying systems and just out of a good battle, you feel like a god. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, obviously it's very early in the year, but I, I do agree with you. I think it's the the leading contender for game of the year for me um admittedly uh it's the only game that i have played this year uh but you know uh just based on everything that we have at our disposal um it it looks like it, it has the the potential to be a very strong contender for us um yeah even just by like looking at mechanically how it performs and stuff like that like it's very unique in what it does yeah and and, uh what's baffling to me is i don't think that it's necessarily that microsoft didn't have confidence in this 
because uh, apparently now I I don't know how true this is because I haven't looked into it, but apparently um, uh, Tango GameWorks asked for this to be kind of kept secret and to have a uh, a stealth drop where they could just drop it at you know whenever they wanted to and whatever. I think that that's honestly doing this game a disservice because I think if if the hype had been built around it, I think it could be even bigger than it is. I kind of think that it's going to end up just being a niche little title. The not necessarily the same way that that Neon White was, but like I, I do think that it's going to be missing out on some of the audience that it could have had if Microsoft had put any sort of marketing push behind it whatsoever. Um, Agreed. But also, what the fuck do I know? If they asked for it to be done like this, maybe they had a reasoning. I don't fucking know. But, uh, yeah. You know what I do know? What? That, that you have a you have a pick of the week. Yep, you nailed that transition, <laughs> yep. man. I did. Absolutely fucking killed <laughs> so it. So good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's do our picks of the week and we can get out of here. Yeah. Um, my pick of the week. I actually dropped this in the Discord the other day. Uh, it's for a, a relatively larger channel. Um, if you've spent any sort of amount on YouTube, you've probably uh, seen Patrick Willem's uh, stuff before. Um. Yeah, this video is called How to Analyze Movies, Film Studies 101 uh, from Patrick Willems. Uh, and it is a roughly hour and a half long uh, film studies class, really. Uh, and it kind of goes into uh, like breaking down how to break down movies. Um, and uh, I think it's very insightful. Um, I... I don't do the exact same process that he does, uh, but I, I do something very similar when I when I break down things myself, uh, and I think that like uh, it could be um, very very beneficial if it's if it like if you're if you ever want to do something uh, in the way of. Um, uh, film studies or, you know, analyzing film or anything like that. Uh, I think it, it is a very beneficial uh, way to sort of get started. And it's very easy to follow. Um, it even uses, like, an example uh, throughout the entire uh, video of um, Home Alone. So, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Very good stuff. Uh, highly recommend the video. Go check it out. Hell yeah. Uh, my pick of the week this week is uh, Just Pretend by Sam Pounds. This is a uh, like soul R&B cover of um, Just Pretend by Bad Omens, which is metalcore. And it's really, really fucking groovy and really cool. Hell yeah. Easy enough. All right. Uh, mine is an artist this week. He's actually a friend of mine. And he... He's a young kid, and he goes by Devin on Spotify. You'll have to look up his name plus a song title to find him because he has that few plays. Um, but uh, he makes hip-hop music, and it is really, really good, man. I think a lot of people know that by now that I, I love hip-hop. I've grown up with it. And when I say that this kid sounds like he's been doing it his whole life, I'm not kidding. He's young, but he has cadence 
like a professional. He makes all of the music himself. He is doing everything himself. And it is wonderful music. I've shared it with both Jeff and Tani from our community who are hip hop heads. And both of them loved his music. So the song in particular that I'm uh, putting out there, it's his brand new song that came out, I believe, yesterday. Um, if I'm not mistaken. And the song is called Dingy. And if that sounds familiar, you're probably right. It's the main character from Chainsaw Man. He has he has subject content that would sound something like Denzel Curry, but with the cadence and flow of someone like Cuddy and Gambino. So his music is phenomenal. He has four songs out right now, and they are all fantastic. Please check him out. Support his music. It is wonderful. I'm listening to it right now, and I fuck with it really, really hard. There you go. That shit is really cool. Is the song actually about Dingy? Um, nope. It's just he, he touches on he touches on a few different things, but why he feels like Dingy is in the song. He also makes some cyberpunk references in the song too. He didn't have to hurt me with the panel choices that he made on the artwork he used for the YouTube video. <laughs> that was super unnecessary. He, uh, he, he's a great artist, man. Great kid. Very <laughs> humble. Just loves to talk about his music. Um, a good kid. Check him out. Hell yeah. Super good. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, yeah. As always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop, Humming Pixels, and the Culture Pop family of content. Culture Pop is available on Instagram at culture underscore bop and on youtube.com slash c slash culture bop. Uh, I'm available on Twitter at the Bebopman182, on Instagram at Bebopman182, and on Twitch at uh, the underscore Bebopman. Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV. Uh, he is available on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on YouTube at OMDizzy. Uh, Austin is available on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok, all at Big Papa Plays. And... Finally, uh, last but not least, um, if you like what you hear, if you like what you see, uh, then consider uh, helping us to grow and to uh, maybe try to make this into a, into a thing uh, by joining our Discord, uh, by following us on social media, or uh, if you really, really like us, by going to our Patreon that is patreon.com slash culture uh, consider tossing us a pledge um, I am in the final uh, kind of like um, throes of reorganizing our tier structure to make it a little bit more simplified uh, and cut out uh, a couple of probably unnecessary tiers um, and uh, yeah we'll, uh, we'll be going we'll be going that route and uh it's a cool community. We got some some awesome stuff over there. Um, we just dropped our patron topic uh, poll, uh, so then the the topic of February will be decided by patrons and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, is that it? That's that's everything, right? I think that's it. That's it. Hell yeah! All right. Well. That is it. That is the end of our show. So until next time, goodbye.